0: what's up everybody welcome to another edition of drive for show dfs for Doe here on roto grinders i am justin van zuden aka stl cardinals 84 i've got mr Derek farnsworth notorious alongside me and uh, we've got the john deere classic this week which uh is always a fun event for me because i usually go every year Uh, not going this year because we're going to florida for a little bit so uh I, I guess if there's a year where I feel okay missing the tournament that I always go to, this would be the year because it's a bad field this week. So we will dig into uh, the John Deere Classic here shortly, but uh, plenty of time to get through all the uh, the golfers that we're going to have to get through this week. So uh, Noto, what's going on? How was your week?
1: Yeah, we definitely got a lot of time, and uh, we're doing this on StreamYard. So any comments that you have on YouTube, we can see just on our little screen. So uh, if you have any questions at all, uh, help us fill the time. It's going to be uh, a little bit of a pain getting through this field, But, um, man, there are bad weeks, and there are really bad weeks. And uh, I don't think I could have done any worse uh, last week at the Travelers. Uh, we talked on the show. Uh, my fate above 10K was going to be Xander um, for no reason whatsoever, really. Uh, I didn't like his track record at PDI courses. My model still liked him. I play him every week, but uh, faded him, so that was uh, pretty rough. And then, you know, I had Cantlay everywhere. I had him in showdown, had a bet on him, had a top 10 on him. And uh, nine bogeys and a double uh, later, uh, he falls out of the top 10. So it was a bad week for me. Um, I'm hoping you did a little bit better.
0: Uh, not much. I guess it, was, uh, it wasn't It was great, but uh, I didn't, didn't lose everything. But it was just one of those uh, weeks I didn't have – much exposure to Xander either. So quite a few miscuts, too many landmines out there last week. And I uh, was definitely an interesting finish there. I mean, the really tough decision on what to do on 18 with, you know, a group behind him um, and, and wondering, you know, if he should go with a one shot lead to try to make a birdie uh, and be aggressive or, you know, hit something safe and hit the fairway. Ah uh, missed the fairway into the left-hand bunker, and then still was aggressive from there and didn't get it out of the bunker. And then had to pitch out, made a double, uh, and then Xander ended up making a birdie anyway. So it, it was maybe the right call to be aggressive, but uh, he's had a couple heartbreakers now, and uh, tough, tough uh, for him to 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 not get that win. But uh, and he's probably suddenly one of the best players we've got in the field this week. So. Uh, it seems like most of the the golf community is rooting for him and uh yeah, it was tough to see him come so close
1: man yeah uh felt felt bad for him on that one he's such a fun golfer to watch because he uh he's gonna let you know how he feels after every single shot i mean he was dropping clubs uh getting excited i mean it was a lot of fun to watch somebody uh like you know xander and cantley they're just uh even killed they they're not the most fun golfers to watch at times even though you know i played a ton of them in dfs but Man, I was watching it with my brother-in-law and my dad. They're not big golfers. They watch a lot of golf. And even they were just like, what's he doing trying to trying to get out of that uh, bunker? Why doesn't he just chip out of the side? And we were all kind of amazed by the decision there at the end. Obviously, um, it's, it was hard to tell if he just scolded the first one or if I couldn't tell where it hit in the bunker, but it just came back like six inches. Uh, I, I don't know how much he could have advanced it. I think just chipping out would have been the play. Obviously, that's that's hindsight. But – Man, felt bad for him. And then Xander, when the pressure's off, goes and throws a dart and gets the birdie. So uh, we've been harping on Xander for years for not winning in these full fields. So I guess we can get that monkey off his back at least. Um, you know, I'm a big Xander fan, but I was kind of hoping for him or Cantley to run away with it. But, um, yeah, fun, fun week, fun uh, finish. It was definitely uh, a lot of drama there at the end.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I, you know, as far as – yeah, the Gala's shot was really difficult. Even on the replays, you really don't see much until it – it plunks back down there right next to him and uh, it uh, went four inches backwards yeah. according to the, uh, the shot tracker. So uh, tough. I mean, he, he would have just chipped out 20, 30 yards. You know, he's, he'd have still been 80, 90 yards out and maybe he's able to save a par, um, which would have gotten him, him into a playoff. But you just, you never know the whole, hole might have the the hole might've played out different differently, uh, even for Xander behind him, if that yeah. wouldn't have happened. So, Tough to uh, you can't rewrite history and uh, you just have to learn from it and, and move on. And and he's the third most expensive call for this week. So uh, it looks like DraftKings might be adding live contests as well. They were available uh, this morning and then they took them down, which prompted people to think that the PGA Tour, because DraftKings is the official fantasy game in the PGA Tour, uh, that the, the tour made him take it down. But then they were back up this afternoon. So uh, it seems like we might get showdowns for the live tournaments, which with three rounds and no cut, um, makes sense that we kind of figured they would do it that way if they ended up offering those. But, uh, you know, the, depending on how big the prize pools get, it, it's going to be tough though, with those being showdown, uh, only for the moment, uh, to break that down on a full week basis, but surely we'll, we'll probably end up with projections or something like that eventually. Uh, so, uh, your thoughts on live tour for uh, DFS. Yeah, I mean, showdown only
1: reminds me of uh, Outlaw back in the day, so uh, I might have to give him a go. Um, Yeah, it was interesting to see him up in the lobby. Um, You know, we do a lot of golf content, so uh, if the demand's there, I'm sure we'll have content and uh, cover it in our shows and stuff. So we'll see. I mean, there's only, what, seven more events the rest of the year? Something like
0: that. Yeah, I think they're only doing eight this first year, so seven to go, including this week. Uh, But it will... Uh, see where that goes going forward and uh, it'll be interesting to see. So uh, particularly as more names go over there, Carlos Ortiz, Matthew Wolf, uh, and uh, one other were the, the the casualties today over to the live tour. So uh, not exactly the big names that people were kind of making it out to be during the week when they said there was going to be a few more, but uh, you, you know, Wolf's OWGR has gone from in the twenties to like 200. So I mean, those are the type of golfers that you really can't blame for taking that chance. Uh, and, you know, we'll see, we'll see how many more end up doing that over the coming weeks. I mean,
1: how crazy is it that anytime somebody withdraws, anytime somebody does anything, it's just the rumors just start flying that they're going to live. So yep. Justin Thomas, uh, Colin Moore and then even even Kokrag. So he hits his ball on his final hole. He's going to miss the cut anyway. Hits it like 80 yards over the green. I don't know what happened. And uh, he just decided to walk off the course because you know, he wasn't going to go back, hold everyone else up, and re-hit that shot. And, and so, so the rumors flying about him too. Um, who knows? Some of them might be true, but it's not just because of you know one action. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's going to be the uh, the narrative that everyone tries to to cling to anytime something like that happens for sure. All right. Anything else from last week, or just in general, before we dig in? Yeah, comeback
1: season continues. We saw Norman Jong win uh, on the KFT uh, last week. This week, uh, Hao Tong Lee gets the W, uh, you know, over there on the DP World Tour. So, I uh, gotta think Zach Johnson or Steve Stricker is gonna win this week. Comeback season.
0: Well, if you would have told me, if you would have told me two years ago. Zach Johnson would be 7,200 at the John Deere classic. I don't care if he's walking around this course with a cane. Zach Johnson at 7,200 in the John Deere classic. That's like an autoplay. I don't care how bad he is. The field is terrible and he dominates this place. So uh, we'll see if the, the comeback season, I suppose stricker would be even more so given that, uh, that he basically plays on the senior tour now, but a champions tour now, but uh, yeah, if you would have if you would have given us those prices for those guys a, a couple years ago, uh, everybody would just be uh, be smashing you know, them as DFS plays this week. So we'll see where this week leads. Uh, it's it's going to be ugly out there. So we'll probably get through this fairly quickly, no matter how much I try to stall for time here at the beginning of the show. But uh, why don't you tell the people about the course?
1: All right, so uh, it's a course that's that's uh, you know, been on the tour for a while, so we know uh, a lot about it. Uh, TBC Deer Run in your neck of the woods. Par 71, the measure's uh, just under 7,300 yards. Um, like I mentioned last week, I've been you know, gathering course data uh, for, from 42 different courses. This place is the sixth e- easiest on tour. Obviously the wind's gonna you know, change that each year, but year over year, it's about the sixth easiest. Um, the driving accuracy is really high, thanks to the combination of really wide fairways. Uh, and the fact that a lot of golfers, you know, choose to hit less and drive around a lot of the holes. So uh, fairway is easy to hit. That leads to a high green regulation rate, about 75% on average, which is uh, extremely high. And uh, that leads to putting contests more often than not. Um, CJ Stricker, Spieth, Bryson, all these guys, uh, very good putters, very good history at the John Deere. Um, you're going to have to make over 20 birdies uh, if you even want to have any shot of contention. And... Yeah, I mean, I'm not looking at any specific type, but I think you want to hit fairways, you want to make putts, and then you know approach is going to be critical. But we've seen like average approach guys get it done here. So I don't know. I always weigh approach. I'm just not like uh, you know 100%. That's the only thing that matters this week.
0: Yeah, the uh, 23 straight years, the winning score has been at least 16 under par at this tournament. That's crazy. Uh, one year where maybe it's a little breezy, Or one year where it's, you know, tougher scoring conditions. Nope, hasn't happened. Uh, It is just birdie fest every single year at this course. I went back um, to, let's see, three years ago. So Zach Johnson, now I was looking through my article, uh, one of my old articles, because I knew I had written this up. And, yeah, okay, so Zach Johnson has played here 14 times. Uh, he's made the cut every time, and the six top three finishes. Six top three finishes, 14 consecutive made cuts at this tournament, and uh, for what it's worth, three years ago, he was uh, $9,600 on <laughs> DraftKings. So What's uh, uh,
1: Stricker's record like? I don't think he's ever missed a cut either.
0: Yeah, it's it's got to be it's got to be similar. I, I'd have to dig a little bit more. Um, Stricker didn't play this year, and I guess oh, the and the one year was canceled. So I take that back. It's only uh, it's only thirteen for thirteen for Zach Johnson instead of fourteen for fourteen. Oh, in that case, the, never mind. Two, <laughs> two years ago it was canceled, but Stricker's uh, very similar. Zach Johnson, uh, 69th, second, twenty first, third, first, second, second, third. 50 or 34th, 5th, 16th, 37th, and 34th. So, uh, only one of those 13 finishes was below 40th place, too. Uh, just, it's just weird. I mean, he's an Iowa guy, a Midwest guy. This, this isn't like a home game for a lot of golfers. So, not a lot of guys who take it super seriously, unless you know, obviously they're new to the tour or something. But, uh, in any case, uh, couple guys that tend to play this course real well and as noto mentioned always a lot of birdies always a lot of greens in regulation and uh, oftentimes a putting contest if you're not making putts here you're not going to win and uh, the cut is probably going to be several strokes under par so uh, that's what we've got in front of us this week anything else on the course or anything in general
1: I don't think so. Um, course history does matter, even though it's a briefest fest. So um, if you want to factor it in a little bit, and there are guys that are going to play well no matter what, but uh, course history on average compared to the other courses uh, is a little bit more important here
0: than most places. All right. Um, this field stinks. So you're going <sighs> to think that a lot of golfers are overpriced. Uh, a lot of golfers in this field that are at the top, you're used to seeing in like the 7K price range on DraftKings. And after the field list was announced, Davis Riley pulled out. Daniel Berger pulled out a couple other golfers pulled out uh, and we're left with just four guys at 10 K plus on DraftKings. And those are the aforementioned the gala, uh, the current version of Jason Day, who probably hasn't been 10 K in six years. Adam Hadwin, who is now the betting favorite at 10 to one and Webb Simpson. Um, OK, so what the heck do we do here?
1: Yeah, so I was, uh, you know, our good friends at scoresandodds.com, their golf page is uh, my favorite uh, place to view uh, golf odds each week. And and so, yeah, Webb, 12 to 1. uh, Hadwin, you can get him 18 to 1, but he is 10 to 1 in some places. Everyone else, 27 or worse to 1. I don't think I ever remember seeing, uh, you know, only two guys under 20 to 1. So uh, we've seen some long shot winners, like Michael Kim won here that one year. So uh, if you're betting, man, uh, there's a lot of good value in the 50s and 60s. And for DFS purposes, I don't – I mean, why is Jason Tate this much? I know everything's relative in these fields, but he hasn't done anything. He doesn't have any course history either. Uh, Tigala doesn't seem like the best course fit. I think it's a pretty big overreaction to him finishing second last week. I don't know how he's going to react. So if I am playing anyone up here, it's going to be Webb or it's going to be Adwin. But, I mean, Webb's only played here. Uh, he's never played here either. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Hadwin seems like the safe play. Uh, I would normally say these type of weeks are good for stars and scrubs because the 6K isn't that much different than the 7K. 7K is not much different than the 8K. But I don't want to pay up for any of these stars. That's the problem. So I think balance is probably going to be, you know, my preferred build in single entry.
0: I do like Hadwin. Um, he finished eighth here the last time he played here. It's been a few years. But uh, I think he's the play. He, yeah. I, I would rank Hadwin – Hadwin, Simpson, Degala, Day, uh, if I had to rank them. so. Um, but, again, you, you don't have to. Uh, but I think getting a little bit of exposure to these guys in GPPs is fine. You can probably start your cash game lineup with somebody in the nines. And there's only four of those guys, too. So if you think, you know, you look at all the salaries, there's just not a lot of guys to pay up for this week. We're used to seeing six or seven guys above 10K, maybe five or six guys in the 9Ks. And we've only got four in the 10 K's and four in the nine K's this week. So, you know, you got to pick somebody uh, unless you're doing a full lineup of eight K golfers, which there are plenty of those. But uh, if you want, you could probably start with somebody like Charles Howell at 9,300. These are the types of events that Charles Howell just has made bank on throughout the years. Uh, He's played here three of the last four editions: 19th, 6th, 23rd, uh, and just steady, in these types of tournaments and even though he's not the same golfer obviously now uh, these are, are still the events where where I don't mind playing him so you've also got Denny McCarthy Maverick McNeely and Bazootenhout in this range so your thoughts on the night case
1: yeah I kind of agree with you on Charles howe I think he's probably the the safest play of anybody above 9K on a, on a per dollar basis him and hadwin definitely going to be up there for me. Um, you mentioned the course history. His form has been a lot better recently too. He's gaining a lot of strokes t to green uh, and historically a very good bent putter. So I do like ha- Charles Howe quite a bit. McNeely coming off of back-to-back uh, missed cuts. Uh, I think he's in a good spot. I think uh, it's a good bounce back spot for him. If he was in a little bit better form, he would certainly be more than uh, Tagala and Jason Day. So I think he's probably set a little bit of a discount uh, relative to these other guys seems like a good course fit for mccarthy but i don't like the price and the same goes for Stebez. um i was kind of disappointed with his you know miscut last week uh, he wasn't even really close i think he was one under on thursday and then just uh, fell apart on friday so yeah i mean if you're playing course <laughs> course history angle McNeely, how hadwin got to be the the safest options up here
0: yeah you can give me 20 lashings i bet the head-to-head matchup on Friday with Sebez uh, over your boy Brian Harmon. Wow. And Why would you I, do that to me? Jeez! I believe they ended with like an eight-shot difference. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, wasn't, it, was, it was pretty much over by the time they got to the bag nine, so I, I didn't follow it very close. But, um, you know, the Zudenhout was kind of straddling the cut line there. I like betting those guys sometimes on Fridays to go low uh and he uh, he went high he zigged on me so uh that's okay we lost that one um and he, it he wasn't particularly close so yeah i'm probably out on him this week too
1: all right
0: so so it's Hall and McNeely for uh, i'm with you on you that uh, that range uh, uh this type of course you know rewards guys who are going to be aggressive and fire at the pins and McNeely can when he's on he makes a lot of birdies i, I think um I think it's a nice bounce back spot for him. It'll be interesting to see kind of where the uh, ownership trends as uh, we kind of refine that here throughout the week. All right. The eight K's is where we finally start to pick up some volume. Uh, We've got maybe some guys that are generally better golfers that have been struggling. Uh, We've got some younger guys that have been playing better of late, like a Nick Hardy. Um, You know, it's really interesting to see kind of the dynamic of, of the golfers in here, you got guys that like Brendan Todd struggled last week. Lanto Griffin struggled last week. Uh, Lucas Glover's been a little hit or miss lately. But uh, but then you compare that to guys like Hardy. Uh, Patrick Rogers has played well here in the past, too. So uh, what do you think about some of these uh, AK golfers?
1: Yeah, I actually like this range uh, quite a bit. Um, you mentioned Brendan Todd. So missed a cut on the number last week. Had a chance there. One of the last couple holes, he just got off to a bad start on Thursday. Um, talk about a guy that's fairways and green or fairways and, and putting. Uh, he's third in this field and fairways gained and he's first in this field and shows gained putting. So I think he's a perfect fit for the course. He did finish 18th here the last time he played it. Uh, I think Cameron Davis is interesting. He's a guy that makes a ton of birdies. Um, top 10 in this field and birdie or better rate uh, first over the last two years. Actually, he's been uh, yeah two for two with this course. Um, I'll probably be off of Lucas Glover. I think a lot of people could go there. He did one here last year. I just don't trust him in a putting contest. I know he he got the job done last year, credit to him, but uh, his putting is really bad, especially right now. So I'll probably be off of Glover. Um, <laughs> number three of my model, Lonzo Griffin. I don't know what to do with that information. Um, he rated out well for me last week. Similar to Todd, I think they were in the same group, got off to a slow start on Thursday. He did battle back, almost made the cut, but he didn't. So I'll go back to Lonzo. Um, I like C.T. Pan. He's kind of a, a fairways and greens type of golfer. Uh, I think Adam Long is interesting. So, honestly, I don't mind six of these guys for a lineup. Uh, I know we talked about that a week or two ago, maybe at the U.S. Open. Um, but, yeah, I, I like it.
0: Yeah, but did you think those six mid-range guys would be <laughs> Adam Long and Lucas Glover and C.T. <laughs> Pan? We were talking about Tony Finau and Tyrell but, Hatton and those
1: kind of guys <laughs> a couple weeks ago. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if all the 10Ks missed the cut. I mean, it's that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see much of a difference between, you know, Tigala Day, Lanto, Cam Davis.
0: So it's it's a really it's a really good week not to eat whatever ends up being the massive chalk, um, because there's just uh, not a lot of opportunity cost like. There's nobody in this field that you would run out and say, oh, I got to make sure I have this guy. Right. Like there's no screaming underpriced value. Obviously, it's it's probably going to end up being Zach Johnson for me. But, you know, for people who aren't tied to this event and see what he's done lately, and that's not going to stand out either. So there's nobody that you absolutely have to have. So don't be afraid to go away from some of the chalk this week for sure.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm interested to see ownership. I don't think we have the first uh, set out yet. but It's so know.
0: bad. The field is so bad that Trey has had trouble finding it, yeah. finding enough to get it up to 600%.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh Timothy's question, yes, Berger's out. And uh, Bill, yes, Robert Garrigus is in the field. So I don't know how cheap he is, but I imagine pretty cheap.
0: Yeah, pretty much anybody with status that wanted to be uh, – in the field this week is probably in there. So, all right, Uh, let's see. I agree on those thoughts on the 8Ks, Davis and Hardy. Uh, What Did you mention Hardy, your thoughts on him?
1: I do like Hardy, uh, playing well. Um, He's a guy that, you know, has been up and down the last couple of years. He's actually played here twice in 2017, 2018. We think of these young guys as not having any, course history but when they do i kind of like it so uh yeah i like hardy as well
0: he's also from northbrook illinois and he went to university of illinois so he is a through and through illinois guy yeah i like that uh you know who else is from illinois
1: that's probably why he played uh, in those years but who
0: well, yeah, he got Hardy was like when he was the up and coming college guy, they gave him a sponsor yeah. exemption a couple years. So that's how he got in in the past. Anyway, Doug Gim is from Illinois as well. Oh, so, no, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the seven K's. He's even got a bump this week. Anyway, uh, all the narratives and the uh, the recent play, uh, I like Hardy quite a bit this week. So he is my favorite of Ooh, the eight K's uh, for sure.
1: What about JT Poston? Almost, he almost got in the playoff last week.
0: Yeah, he did. Uh, Had a pretty solid week. Let's see, I still got the leaderboard up. Uh, 62, 70, 67, 64. So ended up tied second after the Gala doubled the last hole. But uh, another guy, aggressive guy, tends to get in trouble on courses that have a lot of trouble, but this course doesn't have much of that. So I think he's interesting.
1: Yeah, I think he led the field in approach too.
0: Yeah, 8K, uh, yeah, right at 8K. So definitely a a solid, uh, solid tournament play for sure. All right. Champ 8,000. Yeah, I think I'm off of him. I don't know. I mean, this isn't necessarily a bomber's course, so. I I don't. I don't know. I haven't played Camp Champ in a long time. Yeah, same. All right. Let's move into the uh, upper end of the 7K range. Who do you like in there?
1: So the guys at the top that are probably going to be popular are Ches Revy and John Huh. I mean, they've both been playing well. Uh, Revy's got a bunch of top 25s in his last eight, eight to 10 events, and John Huh coming off uh, three straight top 25s. They both have, you know, pretty good course history here as well. So I think they're interesting, um, but again, I, we haven't seen ownership yet. There are going to be a lot of pivots this week. Like you mentioned, I do think it's a good week to kind of get away from that chalk. So we'll see. Um Moving down, Spenson's a guy that's very good with his irons, can be hit or miss with the putter. Shank's got the great course history, back to back top sixes here. Um, He's interesting. He makes a lot of birdies, at least, you know, long term, if you look at his stats. Uh, Me and you always love to play Alex Smalley, so uh, I'll go there a little bit. He played here last year. That's pretty much it for me above 7,500.
0: Yeah, Shank, a couple good results, as you mentioned. Smalley 47th last year, Doug Gim 18th here last year, and he's from Illinois. I'll play some Doug Gim this week. Fine. Uh, if there's ever an event where I can't find enough golfers to round out my player pool, this one is it. So I will go back to my uh, my Doug Gim uh, roots this week with some exposure at 7.6 K. So uh, Svensson, definitely my favorite though. Uh, again, the, the birdie maker, aggressive type player. And I was impressed um one of the feature groups on Saturday Svenson was doing pretty well he was paired with Scotty Scheffler uh and the two of them both had a couple of the best rounds of the day on Saturday i think Scheffler was like 5 under and Svenson was 4 under uh and he was playing real well so i, I like him at 7700 not that overpriced compared to where he's been in a few of the recent weeks so um Svenson gim uh don't mind the the shank angle uh, and Kevin Streelman's another guy who's played well here in the past. So uh, again, relative to the rest of the field, not a whole lot separating these guys from golfers who are priced six, seven, eight hundred dollars higher than them. So uh, you can definitely get a few golfers in here and feel okay about it. So uh, Dylan Fratelli, a past winner here. You mentioned Michael Kim winning the one year. Fertelli is another guy who just randomly won this event a couple of years back. Hasn't done much of anything since, but that's probably why he's a little overpriced at 7,600. So, all right. Thoughts on kind of the middle to bottom part of the 7K range.
1: I have no recollection of Dylan Fratelli winning this event. I, not at all. I don't remember that. that <laughs> it was well three years. I...
0: It was the year before COVID hit.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's strange because I remember all the other ones I'm looking at. Um, anyway, so 7,400. David Lipsky has been great ball striking and just can't putt. You know, I played him in some showdown uh, last week and he he was uh, pretty bad. I think he missed like six four footers and in um, something What's like that. that. Uh, David Lipsky.
0: Oh, Back-to-back that's it. Yes. Miss cuts
1: right on the number uh, all due to putting. So that's probably not great at this uh, at this course. But if you look at his long term stats, he's actually a decent putter. So maybe he can turn it around this week. I think Steve Stricker is certainly in play. Six straight top 11s on the Champions Tour. Almost won the Senior U.S. Open last week. uh, Lost to Padraig Harrington. I was going to look at how long the courses the Champions Tour are because 7,300 seems kind of long for for a guy getting to his age. But, uh, again, I'll play some Steve Stricker. Never missed a cut here, at least as far as I went back. Um, I'll continue to play Hank Leviota. Good on approach again last week. Top 10 here last year. So I like that. Um, I'm interested to see Taylor Pendrit. So he's been dealing with a rib injury. We haven't seen him since the, the Players Championship, finished T13 there. So uh, he hasn't played in three months. Um, but he's a, a huge talent compared to everyone else around him. So interesting.
0: after that much time off with that type yeah. of injury?
1: I mean, I'm just interested to see him more than anything yeah. else. I probably won't uh, play him. But it was a name that I was like, yeah, where's he been? So uh, I had to look into it a little bit more. Uh, Nate Lashley's been playing well uh chris gotter up you got to keep playing him i guess um and yeah uh ryan armor seems like the perfect course fit i don't know why he struggled so bad here in the past but fits the mold of fairways and uh, a good putter
0: yeah gotter up i mean would it surprise anybody if like goddard went and won this tournament no not at all I
1: mean, we saw no I, I think bryson got his breakout win here didn't he
0: yeah he did spieth too spieth so too. you know uh that's the pattern like Speeth and Bryson won here and then never to be seen again. Um, that's just you know that's just how the John Deere Classic can help make some of these young guys uh, into first-time winners and then uh, and then they just move along to greener pastures. Like I remember Bryson won um, and that was probably my one of my top three DFS golf weeks ever, and I was there and needed him to win, and uh, it was really neat. And then I remember him coming back the next year. And again, this tournament used to always be the week before the Open Championship. So that's part of the reason why the field always stinks. It's the week before a major. Nobody wants to play. They did provide like a charter flight to those that decided to, to play in the John Deere Classic and then also in the Open Championship. But you were never going to get it. You know, the week before an overseas major, you, you were never going to get the best of the best. And so Bryson won the tournament came back the next year, played like eight holes and he was like two over par. And he was like, Oh, my back hurts or whatever. I've got to withdraw. I don't even remember whether it was ankle, knee back, whatever. <laughs> and he was uh beeline out of there after eight or nine holes. And then, uh, hasn't played since. So, and we'll be playing, uh, going forward, uh, with his new affiliation with the Live tour. But, uh, the big golfers after they get their breakthroughs, um, you know, maybe it's got her up. Maybe it's uh, another guy. I mean, if there was ever a week Noto mentioned this earlier, if you're just tuning in, there was ever a week to take a shot on somebody with some big betting numbers. If you're betting outright winners or top fives, uh, this is certainly a tournament that's about as wide open as it's going to get. So uh, anything else above seven K like if you're on stricker, are you okay with Johnson too?
1: Yeah. I uh, got to be okay with both of them. You can't make a case for one and not the other. I don't think, um, other guys above 7K, Smotherman's been playing good. Um, he's a top four ball striker in this field, taking the chance with the short game, but um, a guy that'll they'll fire at some pins. Sam Ryder's been a little bit better. And then uh, Timothy had a question for us, uh, guys that we don't mind uh, placing a bet on for the top five. In terms of value um, in my model, it's Lonzo Griffin twelve to one right now. But uh, I would wait for FanDuel. They usually have better top five and top ten odds. Yeah, um, they usually post those late Monday night. So uh, that would be my recommendation. And uh, how do we? How do I follow you guys? Hey, scores and odds. I mean, that's the place to get uh, all of our bets. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter, Roto Grinders, all that good stuff.
0: Good stuff. Uh, but yeah, FanDuel's odds are uh, generally somewhat favorable on those. I found some decent ones on MGM as well, if that's legal in your state. Um, uh, DraftKings has some good lines on some other sports, but a lot of times their golf lines are a little bit harder to beat than, uh, than some of the other sites. So, What about somebody like Charlie Hoffman here? I tried it last week.
1: Looked good one round. And the ball striking's coming back a little bit, but the, the short game is just so bad. So if he had a better course history, I'd be more willing to do it. Uh, he had a really good history at the, at the Travelers and then missed the cut again. So, I mean, I don't hate it, but I probably won't try it again.
0: Yeah, I probably won't pull the trigger either, but uh, definitely a guy that people will stop and notice yeah. in that salary range. Yeah. Um, Scott Brown dominates easy courses gen- and weak fields generally, if you want to take that. But uh, he grades out horribly in our projections. Uh, looks like Noto's model as well. His numbers lately have just been awful. So uh, that's a tough sell too. But uh, he these are the types of events where he will sometimes pop. So, all right. Uh, let's uh, move into the 6Ks here before we round it out. Uh, good luck, I guess. Yeah.
1: Well, Vaughn Taylor, if you're playing Tricker and Zach Johnson, rounded out with Vaughn Taylor. Great course history, and he's gained 11 strokes on approach his last three events. Uh, historically, a very good putter. The irons are clicking. He's typically a guy that hits a lot of fairways. So 6,800, uh, sign me up for that. I think he's one of the better plays below 7,500, really. Um, Hodges is okay. Lee Hodges is 6,900. My model likes Rory Sabatini, Chase Seifert. And that is all I have for you.
0: Yeah. I think Sabatini is okay at that price. Um, Peter Molnati's another guy that's got some decent history here. Uh, he's had some, some pretty good rounds, but you know, you're just kind of hoping at that point. And there's enough good plays in the seven K range that I just don't think you need to risk it with the whole lot under seven K Buckley, I think is all right. Um, Grayson Sig, maybe if you're chasing a little bit of upside, but yeah, um, I don't know, I think sticking with the, like at 7,100 you have Armour, 7,200 you have Zach Johnson, Lipski, um, you know, you get up into the upper 7Ks, you've got all those guys we talked about, Smalley, Spence, Spencer, Shanks, so uh, almost like getting two of those guys rather than one more expensive player and then dipping down into the sixes. There's just not a lot down here, so. Uh, housekeeping item, next week is a new tournament. For the PGA Tour. there co-branding the Scottish Open along with the DP World Tour. Uh, we presume that will be the event that has the biggest DFS contests, uh, but our show would actually be on the 4th of July, and Noda and I are both traveling next week, so uh, we will not be around for the show. We are not sure if we've got a couple of replacements to do the show for us next week or if we're going to have to scrap it for the week. So we might not be around next week. Noto and I won't be, but uh, if we've got enough bodies to uh, to get you a show, we'll do that. Uh, otherwise, we'll still have you covered with our written content over at Roto Grinders. And uh, if we are away for a week, it will just be for that one week. So uh, that's just uh, the housekeeping before we get out of here. And then we'll have the Open Championship coming up in just a couple of weeks. So anything else for this uh blessed tournament before we get out of here
1: worst case scenario is our replacements coming in, and crush, and then uh, we're not back in two weeks they just uh oh, wally pipped rolling. in a
0: couple <laughs> of weeks That's, yeah see we got it we we have to break this tournament down um which uh i've found if i don't have a vested interest because i'm not going this year is a little less exciting than when i am uh and then i try to find the It was always fun scrolling through the tee times for this tournament because I like to follow a group around and trying to find a group of three where I can stomach rostering all three uh, is always a challenge, a fun little game of Easter egg hunting through the groups once the tee times come out. But since I'm not going this year, it's it's a little more painful to break this thing down. We did our best. We uh, tried to have some
1: enthusiasm. Hopefully uh, we had some decent takes.
0: This was only 35 minutes. I have no idea. how we could have made this longer than 40 minutes. I really don't.
1: Uh, Yeah. We even covered the the senior open last week. We talked about the DP world tour live. We did, we did everything.
0: We did everything. That's just how bad this tournament is. There's 156 golfers, but probably only about 40 that are remotely rosterable. If you play a 60 golfer player pool for your mass multi-entry and you can't seem to get that narrow player pool down, try it this week. I think you'll be able to, narrow it down quite a bit more than, uh, than most weeks. So, uh, suits up well with the, the way that I build my multi entries as well. And, uh, if you, uh, are a single lineup player, build one best lineup, Noda likes to do that a lot of weeks. Uh, that is a challenge this week trying to settle on that one that, uh, that looks the best out of all this, uh, this mess. So, uh, with that, we'll go ahead and, uh, and get out of here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to our producer, Steve, for helping us out behind the scenes. Thanks to Noto for joining me. I'm Justin. Again, we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, we'll see if anybody Wally pips us next week uh, while Noto and I are away. But uh, in any case, we'll be back hopefully in a couple of weeks. We'll get you your content that you need over at Roto Grinders. Check out scoresandodds.com for all things sports betting. And until then, we'll, uh, we'll wish you a good week, everybody. Take care. Stop <laughs>